Hi, I'm Randy Efron from Skylatis Property Capital. I'm a former CPA, real estate private equity investor, and lender, and now I leverage that experience and my relationships to help people structure competitive debt and equity capital for their real estate deals. In today's episode, I am going to talk about single-tenant net lease investments. I think the best way for me to explain what they are are to give you examples of properties that qualify as single-tenant net leased investments slash properties. All of the following properties under normal circumstances usually qualify as single-tenant net lease investments. A Walgreens, a CVS, a McDonald's, a Taco Bell, a 7-Eleven, a Circle K, a Wawa, a Hobby Lobby, a FedEx distribution facility, a DeVita Medical Clinic, AutoZones, The Learning Experience, Dollar General, Dunkin' Donuts, Social Security Administrative Buildings, and Chase Bank Branches, among many others. When you think of the properties that I just mentioned, what do they all have in common? Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that all of the businesses are located in freestanding buildings rather than having to share walls with other tenants within a larger connected building. This characteristic of being in a single freestanding building is where the single tenant component of single tenant net lease comes from. All right, so now that we know the meaning of single tenant, Let's move on to the meaning of net lease. What does net lease mean? Again, I think the best way for me to explain this is for you to first understand that there are different types of lease structures in commercial real estate. Generally speaking, there are gross leases, there are modified gross leases, and then there are net leases. In addition to those three general categories, there are also a bunch of subcategories and structural elements that can be incorporated into each of those categories, but I don't want to confuse you with that right now. For the time being, what I want you to understand is that the key difference between gross leases, modified gross leases, and net leases primarily comes down to who is paying the operating expenses for the real estate, the landlord or the tenant. For gross leases, otherwise known as full service leases, the landlord pays all of the operating expenses. The tenant simply pays their rent and the landlord takes care of everything else such as maintenance, property taxes, and property insurance. For modified gross leases, the tenant pays their rent plus a portion of the building's operating expenses. The expense structure of these leases varies widely. For net leases, the tenant pays their rent plus nearly all of the operating expenses attributable to their space. Now, I should mention that it's possible for a tenant to have a net lease within a space that is connected to other tenants. In other words, net leases are not limited to single tenant pro properties or buildings. However, for the purpose of this episode, I'm focusing on single-tenant net lease properties, so the characteristics that I'm about to give you are related to those types of properties. 
for single tenant net lease properties, since there are no connected tenants, the tenant takes on the responsibility of operating the building that it occupies, and the landlord has very little management responsibilities, if any, after the tenant takes occupancy. In some instances, depending upon how the net lease is structured, the tenant may even be responsible for maintaining the roof of the building and the structure of the building. Since most single tenant net lease properties, especially retail, are built or renovated in accordance with the tenant's plans, and those plans usually make it more difficult for the landlord to easily release the property to another tenant, the landlord usually requires that the tenant signs a long-term lease. Think about a McDonald's. The golden arches on the exterior of the building, the playpen room, and the interior fit-out are all unique to the McDonald's brand. Therefore, if McDonald's left the property and the landlord needed to release it, there would be a lot of redesign work that would need to be completed. Similarly, from the tenant's perspective, once they decide that they want to be in a location and start committing capital to furniture, fixtures, equipment, and operating expenses, they want to know that they have the right to be in that location for a long time. They're not going to invest all that capital to only be there for five years. As a result, there is a meeting of the minds between the landlord and the tenant with respect to wanting a long lease term. All right. Now, in order to prevent these episodes from getting too long, I'm going to pause here and continue talking about single tenant net lease properties in my next episode. Please click like, subscribe, or follow if you enjoy these episodes or send me an email at randy.efron at skylattice.com if you have any questions or if you want to talk about debtor equity capital for your real estate deals. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.